Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. How difficult has your life been up to now? Have you given a voice to the difficulties? It's time to break the silence. Temporary difficulties end and your response to them determine how you live life after your difficulties. So respond well and live. You are listening to the Patricia Adams Live radio show where we discuss life's difficult topics. Stick around. everybody, welcome. We hope to enlighten your mind and lighten your heart with each episode as we talk over difficult life topics. Help you find your voice and discover that there is life after difficulties. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. Come back often and feel free to add the episode to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Pat Adams Live. And the show's website, patriciaadamslive.com. All contact links are in the show notes, and the MP3 will be available after the episode for downloading. Now, let's get into the show. Hi, everyone. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers who have made it to another year with their children and have been there, been supportive of their children, and their children are loving them, and they're loving their children, and they have made it through life's difficult moments where maybe they've had all types of issues and things to come up that could have prevented them from being a part of their children's lives, you married, separated, single, divorced, in the midst of a custody battle, hanging their men, the children need you, and for those of you who have not given up, we want to thank you so much for staying. 
And today we have with us a special guest on the show. His name is Ken Thomas, and his daughter is Kiki Thomas, which we have done a show on Kiki before. And I want to just um, encourage everyone again that if you did not listen to that particular broadcast, um, please avail yourself of that broadcast, and it is entitled uh, Future Medical Leader Kiki Thomas. And we had also encouraged you to please help support, help make a contribution, help make a donation, whatever you can do, be it your time, your money, any effort that you can do into helping us get the word out about her. She has been nominated to go to the Congress of Future Medical Leaders in Washington, D.C., and when she arrives there, she will be entertained and mentored by five Nobel Peace Prize winners. She is a student um, who is representing the state of Texas and a high school when she has 4.7 GPA. I ask again, we've had over 14,000 listeners um, to that particular show, the Future Medical Leader Teacher Thomas Show, and we would like to move you into action. We would like for you to realize that there is a shortage that is already in place of doctors, and there will continue to be a shortage of doctors. And this young woman, Kiki Thomas, is studying to pursue being a surgeon. So if you can imagine going to the emergency room in desperate need of having a life save and them turning you away because there are no doctors available or you just laid there and you just bled to death because there were no doctors to operate on you, that's a surgeon. And this is what this young lady is aspiring to. So we wanted to bring her father on the show today, and we wanted to applaud him. We wanted to encourage him. We wanted to let him know that um, we are impressed with the efforts that he has made in his daughter's life and the fact that he has continued to be a part of her life, even though um, as a couple the parents are not together. But the father has remained in this child's life and been an active participant in her life uh, on every level that we look for fathers to be. And as a result of this, this young woman has made tremendous strides in her academic career and her personal life. And I want to do my part, and I would like you to do your part. So if you can envision yourself in need of a doctor or a surgeon at some point in your future and getting there and none are to be found at the hospital that you are uh, wheeled off to uh, in an ambulance or whisked off to by helicopter or whatever, however you get to the hospital, when you get there, you want somebody there who's capable, somebody who's dedicated, somebody who has a passion, somebody who didn't just flunk through med school, somebody who actually paid attention, somebody who knows what they're doing um, with the tools of a surgeon that can help get you from the point of death and bring you back to life and wholeness. So, again, I'm asking for your support for those of you who listen to the Kiki Thomas Show and those of you who will be listening to this broadcast, I am asking your support to please go out to the campaign website that has been set up for her and make a difference, make a difference in her life because you just may be in the hands of this young woman when you need to have a surgeon on hand. So she has a full schedule in high school coming up in this particular academic year, and in addition to that, in addition to that, okay, she is also volunteering 
at a major hospital in the community, and she is also uh, now an employee during the summer. So she is doing all that she can do to help herself to get from point A to point B. And as I said, that basically uh, she was in need of a vehicle. Um, she is working towards that. But I know that there's someone out there listening who you have a reliable vehicle or you have a dealership and you have the ability to make a donation into this young woman's life and make a difference so that she would not have to worry about how she's going to get to and from classes or to and from school or to and from her volunteer opportunities at the hospital or to and from her job or to and from uh, college um, activities that she needs to participate in because this is the year that she will have to do a lot of extracurricular activities in preparation for college. So I'm asking you again, please, if you would, to go out to the campaign website, Kiki Thomas, K-I-K-I Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S dot eventbrite dot com, K-I-K-I Thomas dot eventbrite Again, kikithomas.eventbrite.com. And Eventbrite is spelled E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E, kikithomas.eventbrite.com. Okay, so we are about to get into today's broadcast. And also, you know, with having him here as a guest, there is a national fatherhood uh, initiative underway that President Obama has um, put in place, and you can find information at www.fatherhood.gov. Sign the pledge. There's a pledge out there, and there are a wealth of resources available to you out there that basically um, would just give you anything that you need, any national hotline, any support hotline that you need, it's there. So there is also a manual out there on that website at fatherhood.gov and it talks about trends in fathers who are absent. It's talking about the attitudes about fatherhood and father absence, uh, single-parent families, out of what, like childbearing, divorce, child custody, child support, step families, and the trends in the father absence is cohabitation, non-resident fathers, fathers who don't live in the same state as their child or children, and unwed fathers, teen fathers, fathers who are incarcerated, and fathers who are just doing it by themselves, okay, without the support of the mother at all. So um, additionally, it offers resources for making sure that the father is getting the right amount of time with the child and working through family conflict. And also talks about some of the consequences of father absence for children, and that can be child abuse um, at the hands of the custodial parent or the custodial parent. Uh, significant others or whatever who are in the home, the crime that uh, these children can get involved with, the drug and alcohol abuse, the education, the lack of attending school, the lack of getting a quality education, their emotional and behavioral problems, uh, physical health problems, poverty, early uh, sexual activity. But the positive effects of the father's presence we see are prevalent in our young lady who is on the show. And that's um, having an attitude about a positive uh, role model in her life, the impact of having him in her life and on her well-being and on her decision-making. And basically it's not just something that he's doing because 
this is something that he's obligated to do until she gets to be age 18. He is fully vested in his child's life. And there are plenty of you out there who are listening today live who want today to be fully invested in your child's life, and you may have barriers to that. I encourage you to go to the fatherhood.gov site. It has an awful lot of resources there to help you navigate through that process. So for those fathers who are wanting to be a part of their lives, uh, the children that they have brought into this world, and you are having barriers to that, please go out to fatherhood.gov and check out the resources that are available to you out there. But in the meantime, I have a song that I would like to dedicate to our special dad who is guest on the show and also is in dedicating this to our special guest who is on the show. Any fathers who happen to be listening in, who are tuned in, and children who are listening in, um, pass this song on to your dad, okay? And it's called Where are the Fathers. I finally got into the hotel room. It must have been midday. Started flipping through the channels just to kind of drift away. Every other network showed the challenge and abuse. And a sea of people laughing as the children sat confused. And I saw mother pleading with her son to turn away from the lifestyle he had chosen full of violence and hate as the conversation heated my mind began to raise somebody's missing something badly out of place where are the fathers The responsible ones Where are the fathers? Have they helped to raise their son? Look at the daughters Do you see the violation? Do you need more demonstration? Are you really even bothered? Just say 
father-daughter relationship that is working out for the good of this young woman. And I just want to give you guys an idea that just because you don't have or never had your father in your life does not mean that you cannot be a responsible father, that you cannot make a difference in your child's life. The excuse that you make for why you can't do it is because I didn't have a father. I didn't have a man in my life to lead and guide me. So that's why my kids are messed up, and that's why my relationship with my kids is messed up, and that's why I am not taking the time out to be a father to the kids that I help bring into this world because nobody took the time out to be that with me. Well, I just want to say today that I think that's a shame. So just to prove to you 
that your excuse is lame. Um, this man is on the show, and having just shared a bit of his story with me as we were getting ready for this show, is that he did not have that relationship, but he chose to be there for his children. He chose to be there for his children. It's a choice that you make. And in making that choice, he's made whatever sacrifices he had to make in order to make things work out for his child. Not necessarily always for himself, but for his child. So, Ken, if you want to share with our audience about your take on not having that male role model, because there are a lot of men out there today who are depressed, who are angry, who are bitter, who are resentful, and basically are just um, all tangled up and tied up emotionally, um, not just on Father's Day, but just period, because they didn't have that. So they have this heart that can't be impacted and can't reach out to their children because they say they didn't have a father. So those guys who are drowning us all in the bottle, in the pill, or, or whatever, you know, what can you say to them that would make them realize, hey, you know, you're, you're not the only person that this has happened to. And that's just an excuse that you can do and be a father, even though you haven't had a father in your life. So um, I want to just turn it over to you, that question to you. Okay. Uh, first of all, um, I don't, you know, there there's no handbook on how to be a father, I think a lot of it just comes from, um, you know, example, good examples of guys around you. There's, there, there are other men that you can uh, get different things from as far as examples of what being a father is like. I mean, there, there's not a, one particular one that's doing it all, but um, you can learn from the different fathers that you that you're around and, and watch them and see some of the things that they do. Um, that's part of it. And then another part of it is just, you know, making making your child, and, and in my case, my daughter, Kimara, just making her the just the, the main focus of my life and, and putting her first and her needs and things of that nature, you know, I'm... You know, when she was, you know, when her mother, you know, when we first found out she, she, you know, she had been conceived, you know, that that's when the process started for me in terms of wanting to, you know, get it right and do things differently and watching her mother go through that the nine months of, well, actually in Kimara's case, it wasn't quite nine months because she was born early and... You know, just spending that time with the mother and uh, trying to maintain a good relationship with her so I could have access doing, you know, uh, that time and, you know, being able to, you know, touch her mother's stomach. And I remember feeling Kimara in her mother's stomach, you know, kicking and anticipating, you know, what she would look like and uh, what type, you know, kid she would be and, and uh just wanted to really, really be a part of that process. 
and by no means was I perfect at the time, you know, that she was conceived. I had to straighten out a lot of things. I had to get my thought process together, you know, in meeting, you know, I had to, um, you know, just really focus. And, and, and um, you know, once she was born, um, you know, just that whole process of, you know, being at the hospital and holding her, you know, for the first time and just all of that. You just got to want it, you know, you just got to want it. And a lot of that, too, is determined by how you treat the mother. One thing I've learned in the 17 years that Kimara, well, will be 17 later this year, she hadn't gotten to her 17th birthday yet, but you got to, as much as you can, try to maintain a good relationship with the mother. Now, I was fortunate enough to be with my daughter's mother the first five or six years of her life. You know, we were actually together at the time, so that really worked in my favor and allowed me to set the groundwork for the relationship that we have today and the closeness that we have today. Uh, I'm sure like a lot of other fathers, you know, um, uh, you know, I have, you know, other children from, you know, previous relationships prior to Kimara's mother, and they all ended up working out in different ways. Uh, all my kids, you know, know me, and they all have access to me, and I have a relationship with all of them, but the relationship that I have with Kimara is very special, and I've I, I I truly believe that it's because by the time she was ready to come in the world, I had grown a lot, and I I, I just had a whole different attitude in terms of, 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 of wanting to be involved and, and, and learning that uh, with my previous kids, you know how, you know, when you're young and you get your first kid, and if you... You know, like you mentioned earlier before, you know, me not really knowing my father, you know, you, you really don't understand that when you let, when relationships end and you don't really press in order to stay involved with the child, how you can lose contact or it can become very limited. And and uh, and sometimes, you know, the mothers move on to different relationships. And, and, you know, in one instance, you know, I got, you know, totally cut off on one, but uh, have since reconnected with, you know, my other child. But, you know, it, it just you just get to that point to where, you know, I just, I just knew I had to hold on to this one because I realized that I probably wouldn't be fathering another one. So I just gave it 100%. I gave it everything I had. And, um, I mean, from just... I mean, her mother, after she carried her and had her, I basically took her to, you know, all her medical <clears throat> appointments for shots and uh, school records. And, you know, I just, I maintained all of that. I, I picked the schools out that she, would, that she would be attending. You know, it was just a whole different ball game on this. And I wanted to be 110% involved in her life. And I was. And, and I took her to work with me. You know, I've always kind of been kind of, you know, I'm totally self-employed at this point in my life, but I've always kind of been kind of quasi self-employed or either, you know, totally self-employed. And in those instances, I've always been able to carry out a work with me. Even right now, 
it, you know, when I work, I can still take her with me. She doesn't always choose to go to work with me now, but, you know, because she's gotten older. But uh, all of that helped to uh, give us the type of relationship that we have today, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm very thankful for that. And you know, I I I, I just believe that it's just something that you gotta want. Now, after the first five years, and after our mother and I split, you know, I think a lot of a lot of men have to uh, hopefully be dealing with the type of woman that will put the child first too. You know. A lot of times, you know, I, I I understand the frustration that some fathers go through because it's not always easy to have access to your kid and the mother still not be bitter about what happened during the relationship. Like I said, on one, on one of my previous kids, it was exactly that. You know, she was just totally dissatisfied with how the relationship ended between us. And as a result, she just stifled and totally, you know, snuffed out the relationship uh, with that particular daughter. So uh, in those instances where fathers are lucky enough, where the mother is totally open to you being a part of the child's life, uh, it, it can be very difficult. And and even if that is the case, you have to be willing to fight, you know. And, and I know lawyers can be expensive. You know, I, I had to go through that on a previous one and and ended up not being able to, pursue it to the point where I have regular visitation and things of that nature because, you know, I just simply didn't have the funds available to pursue that. And while I was pursuing that, you know, Kimara was on her way. And it can get complicated sometimes for us men as we move through relationships with women and, and our children because while we're trying to maintain a relationship with previous children, it's killing us financially as well as trying to nurture the relationships that we're in in, in that moment. And, you know, and uh, it's just a very, very hard thing to do. And um, you, you just got to just never give up and always be open to them, um, you know. Uh, but in Kimara's case, you know, I, even after the breakup uh, with her mom, you know, I was still given, you know, 100%. Uh, access, which I, I am so 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 thankful that her mother was totally open to that. Because if it were not for that, uh, I think we would still be close, but not to the extent where, that we are at this point. You know, she, you know, yeah, we doing the the uh, you know uh, legal aspect of it, where you know you're establishing paternity and child support and all of that. You know, they just put in some basic visitation rights for fathers just to guarantee us some visitation. But in the instance with Kimara, you know, that was uh, never really an issue because I had, I've always had total access beyond every the standard visitation, which is every other weekend and, you know, every other holiday and things of that nature. So I, you know, I, I had to be willing to go pick her up, you know, and, and make arrangements to get her, but she was always, always available and, 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 um, you know, you just gotta be be willing to do that. You know, if they're available, you gotta go get them. Find things for them to do. And and, and even after I met my biological father at the age of thirty-five, 
you know, uh, which has been several years ago, it, he witnessed the relationship that I had with her, and he was just really surprised and 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 admired. He said he admired the relationship that we had because, <clears throat> you know, my father had several several children, several different relationships, in and out of marriages and things of that nature, but. He just never, you know, really nurtured a relationship like what he saw between Tamara and I. And it's, and it's really, really paying off at this stage in her life, you know. You know, uh, you know, she, you know, had her struggles academically, but, you know, I just kept on pushing and and, and praising her and, and letting her know that Daddy was going to be there through the ups and downs and, you know, being consistent, you know. Yeah, trying to keep my word. If I say hey, I'm coming to get you, I mean, you know, I came, I went and got it. You know, and those weekends where you know, <clears throat> excuse me, can't sit back and wait on the mother to bring it to you all the time because a lot of times they don't always be willing to do that. But you know, if you love your kid, you'll get up and go get her. You know, and that's what it that's what it boils down to. It's just. You gotta keep pushing, and you gotta keep giving it all you got. And and today, you know, I can I can be proud that um, of where she where she is today in terms of what she's she's pursuing, and you know, the schools and just everything. Like she's in a really good school now, and this one that she wanted to be in, uh, I've had to make special arrangements. To, make sure that happens. And, you know, and it's with the help of some other people seeing um, the the special uh, relationship that we have and they help help facilitate that in different ways. So um, I really enjoyed every every minute of it. Uh, You know, just like we had another first, you know, they enjoyed those first times. You know, I remember the first time she went to the, you know, to the fair, and we were in Kitty Land out there, and she was just so excited, you know. And that's when you really, in my opinion, start to enjoy fatherhood is when you, you're you witnessing the first time for them. I remember the first word with Daddy. I remember the first steps. You know, I remember, like I said, the first time going to the, the Texas State Fair and, and her enjoying those rides and just all of that, that you know, the you know, the first times. And the most recent first we had was me making arrangements for her to be, you know, she's old enough to work. So, you know, I was able to, you know, reach out to some contacts from some of the business that I do and was able to get a little part-time job for the summer, you know, and get her used to that. And and it's just just been a lot of fun, you know, um, you know, helping her get a license and, Watching her grow and the types of friends that she has, and, and her growing to her own person. Sometimes I just sit back with such, such admiration for her, and I'm so proud that she, you know. And I'm, sometimes I'm just really, just in awe that she's actually, you know, my daughter. You know, and it makes you feel good to know that, you know, that I was able to, you know, hang in there. You just gotta hang in there when it's. When, you know, when the mothers move on and get a new boyfriend, you got to go pick up your kid. And, and, and you know, a little bit of that's the luck that the mother chooses well after you in terms of relationship because 
you know, sometimes, you know, <clears throat> other, other men can try to, you know, step in in a way to uh, that can limit your access. And I think it's not that they don't want you to be a part. They just may be jealous. And there was a little bit of that too. But, you know, once once that person gets the true understanding of why you coming around, I'm just here for my kid out there and that's it. And and if he's a, any any real type of man, he'll respect that. He'll respect that relationship, just like you would if he had kids with the woman that you're with, and he was trying to access his kids. I mean, you know. So it takes a lot of maturity, and it takes a lot of commitment in order to maintain it. I, you know, I don't get. You know, I talk to my daughter. Hey, you know. Is he, is he nice to you? Yeah, you know, she'll she'll let you know if somebody's bothering her or not, if she's bothered by something or upset because you had that type of relationship with her like I had with my daughter. And, uh, you know, I, listened, I was very fortunate that we never had any instances where somebody was, you know, disciplining my child, especially in terms of, you know, uh, corporal punishment because I don't spank my child. So, therefore, you know, I would probably have a problem with someone else doing that. So I was fortunate in that way that those those situations worked out well because I would have a problem with somebody putting their hands on my daughter. So, um, you know, just, you know, just being a father is just, it's a, you just, you, you, you just, you learn as you go. You know, I, I I think sometimes I may I may spoil a little bit. You know, I do a lot for her, but a lot of it's based on productivity too. You know, is she giving me what I need in terms of grades and performance? You know, I, I perform. You know, and uh, just like right now, we're in the process of, um, you know. Um, trying to get her used to using public transportation uh, to get back and forth to her little part-time job and, you know, and I uh, was able to get <clears throat> my nephew on out there so he could, they can go to work together and do their little two or three hours a day on the job and come back and, you know, take that one more step toward becoming responsible adults, you know, knowing what it's about, you know, we, you know, I teach her the importance of credit. <clears throat> you know, she sees how I pay my bills, you know, on time, and she sees the benefit of that, you know, uh, you know, being able to be responsible in that sense. And um, it's just so much, you know, you can, you know, teaching your kid and being a father is really all about just making the right choices in your life, and they'll see it. You know, and uh, you know, and they want to be around and be a part of it. And you know, she witnesses the things that I do for other people in my life. Sometimes it's not always about her directly. She gets to see me share or make make uh, make some decisions that can help someone else's life become a little bit easier. You know, it's just so many ways to be a good father. Not always about me and her all the time, you know, and she's 
start, you know, to do some volunteer work in different organizations and uh, just just becoming a full citizen, you know. And um, it's a process. It's, it's definitely a process. Uh, I wouldn't trade for nothing in the world. It helped me mature so much. And in a lot of ways, because, you know, you got to put them first. You know, I could have taken my money and, you know, or I could be the type of cat that just, just do child support, you know, just a minimum of what the state says I have to pay. And and there are some instances where, you know, all that you send in terms of child support don't necessarily just, you don't necessarily agree with how it's being spent, but, you know, some guys let that hold them back, you know, in terms of uh, seeing their kids and being around them. But that's when you have to make that, 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 that other adjustment in your mind that, hey, you know, I've done my part, I've sent it, and uh, and your kid will still turn around and say, Dad, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. And, you know, you just have to just understand that, you know, hey, if it's clothes, if it's, um, you know, and, uh, uh, material for a certain, you know, assignments for work, I mean, for school. You just got to dig down a little bit deeper and just, just get it. And they'll see that extra effort that you put out there. You know, and I know I just paid child support and then turn around and have to <clears throat> buy some additional stuff. I'm cool with that, you know. I, you know some guys, you know, they, they stop at that point and they don't go beyond that, but... Uh, you know, if you really, really want to give them everything that they need, you'll, you'll step up and do that too. And um, that's 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 just another room for growth too. You know, sometimes every situation that you're in, you 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 know that you um, that you don't have to do anymore, but you have to step up. You know, being a man is all about stepping up, and it's not always to our convenience, and it's not always to our direct benefit. You know, sometimes it's about the people that we love, and you know, uh, and that's and that's that's where I've gotten a lot of growth too as, as a man. It's not always about me, and uh, you know, I just finished working. You know, stay 72 hours, but, you know, it's worth it to me. And uh, that's what you got to do, you know. Especially, you know, you know, you had not really had any good examples, you know, and it just comes to you. You got to step up. People are counting on you to do the right thing. They're counting on you to make the right decisions. They're counting on you to do what you have to do in order to... Uh, you know, be a man, and it's not always in black and white. You feel it, and it, it just it just comes out. You know, you feel it. You know, I got to do this. I got to make this happen. And that's been my experience. You know, as and as far as being a father and, and becoming, you know, becoming a man is a lifetime process. It's not something that happens overnight. And you know, I'm sure there's some things I could probably still work on, but you know, when it comes down to handling bills and business, you know, you gotta, you just gotta just get somewhere and 
dig your heels in and and pay attention to what you're doing. And, and no matter what we're doing for a living, it's always some kind of opportunity there. You just have to try to identify it and just kind of deal with the ups and downs of it. And the success will slowly come. You know, it's it's, it's never easy. And uh, when I'm feeling well or sick or whatever, you know, I, I get up and do what I have to do. But at the end of the day, you know, I can sleep good. You know, I feel good, you know. You know, I can, you know, take care of my, my kids and make sure she got what she needs, and that's that's what keeps you going. That's the most important thing. Now, uh, as far as what she's trying to do, <laughs> which is go to uh, go to medical school, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I won't be able to afford to pay for because it's just so expensive. You know, she will have to take out loans and things of that nature, you know, as much as I'd like to be able to pay for it, I just, you know, I just wasn't prepared or had, you know, had the means in order to save that kind of money, but, you know, I don't think that that's going to deter her from pursuing her goals and dreams of becoming a, a doctor, and by her doing what she needs to do at this stage, she's already... Uh, making that process happen because by her showing up and doing it academically, you know, things are starting to fall in place, you know, being recognized by her school, being recognized uh, to go represent her state and uh, and get that exposure. And it's just one more opportunity for her to grow and see that, you know, I just, you know, she'll see that she just needs to stay focused and, It'll come. And she's going to have so much more to give back to society once she's on the other side, you know, being able to save somebody's life, you know, being able to give somebody a sense of hope that they're going to be okay and uh, and have that special quality that doctors should have when they're dealing with patients. And I and and I would I'm just gonna be so proud to know that my daughter's you know has the opportunity to be one of those people you know to bring joy to people's lives by saving or prolonging the life of some of somebody's loved one and even after I'm gone you know she'll live on through me I mean I'll live on through her uh, by what she does you know by what she puts out in society, you know, it, it'll go so so much further than just me, you know. And 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 we have to think like that too, as fathers. You know, we we're putting somebody else out here in the world that the world is going to have to deal with in a positive way or in a negative way. But the main thing is to just stay involved. I haven't always had a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money now. But I just work hard. But you know, as long as you stay involved, and you know, you can be broken, and the kid, as long as they know that you're gonna be there. And I and I can understand what some fathers go through too, because you know, sometimes we don't feel worthy when we don't make uh, enough money. Sometimes we don't feel worthy when we're not able to do the things that they need us to do or want us to do, because a lot of things are based on money. You know, I've dealt with that, too. 
in my in my life where you just didn't have it, but you know, and it's unfortunate that 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 for some guys, you know, they kind of they kind of I don't want to say give up, but it it really influences how active they are because you know a lot of people are like, well, what are you doing for? You know, it's like, well, you know, I'm struggling right now, but I'm still here. You know, I'm physically here. You know, and 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 and, and we just have to try to look past that because. What you are today doesn't mean, as a man, that's what you got to be tomorrow. You know, especially if you're trying to get up and do do the right thing. And your kids will see it. They know it's not always about the money. You know, it's just about I'm with my daddy. You know, and it can mean the world to them. Just you being there. You know, and just going for a walk and and. Uh, Knowing that they can get in touch with you, you know my, you know one of my things is is when this phone rings, and my phone is always on because I never know when it's one of my kids, you know, uh, whether it be Kimara, the baby girl, or one of them that I was really hands on with, or the, or the other other ones that I lost, you know, when that phone rings, you got to be accessible, you know, and you got to give them a sense that you're there for them. You may not always be able to come through for them, but just knowing that you're there. You care enough to answer the phone. You care enough to listen to them. You care enough to hear them out. You know, you're not always trying to correct them on everything, you know, because, um, you know, they, you know I, I, in order for them to get that independence that they develop over time, you got to let them make some decisions, you know. And not always, and I know a lot of men, you know, we want to correct a lot of things. And and, 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 and getting there is a process, you know, and that's where we have to be patient and, and allow to happen. Now, there are some instances where we have to guide with a little bit of a firmness, you know, when, when we see them off a little bit. But it, you know, it's a way to do that, too. You know, um, it's just, it, you know, we just got to... Just hang in there, never give up, make yourself acceptable. Don't ever, you know, if you father that, if you father another human being, at the very least, in my opinion, you at least owe them access, if nothing else. If you fathered anybody in this world, and I know most men feel this, you at least want to give them access to you. Whether you're paying child support or not, if they want to see you, if they want to come be around you, you have to make yourself accessible, and you have to follow through on those, on those, on those, um, on 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 what you say. You know, hey, look, I'm gonna come get you Friday. Show up on Friday if you can't. At least you, you call them and you know have an explanation. <clears throat> you know, unlike my parents, you know, no, it wasn't always like that. You know, there was no. Uh, I just never knew, you know, when my mother may or may not show up. And I know a lot of her her inconsistencies came from how she was raised. So, and that comes that understanding comes too in time because uh, you know, people can't give you what they don't have, and and they can't uh, do what they don't understand that, that that it is for them to do. That's that's asking. You know, that's just like asking somebody to do surgery that don't that hadn't been to medical school. They don't know. You know, and and 
carrying is kind of like that, you know, and you know you, they don't know, and uh, you gotta just kind of understand that, you know, and uh, but. You know, we we owe it to our kids to be accessible, man. and and they'll they'll appreciate that. You know, sometimes they might not want to talk for five minutes. Sometimes they just want to vent. You know, they call me, just want to vent, just want to just talk about what's going on in that moment, and don't want to be judged. You know, they just want to be heard. You know, and that's what you got to give them is the ear, you know, as long as you know they're, they're safe and there's no harm or anything, immediate harm, nothing like that. They're not in trouble. Just listen. And they say, uh, okay, so yeah, what you think? You know, and, and they'll get through it. So uh, being a father is a process, and, you know, um, I'm still learning. Sometimes, uh, you know, I wonder what it would have been like to have mine. You know, uh, even though I know him now, but <laughs> you know, and and uh, you know, I I I got a brother that's always that was that always had access to him, and and uh, you know, I got a couple of brothers that. That didn't have any access like I did, you know. Mother, mother, you know, the mother don't tell them. In my case, the mother don't tell them that they got a kid on the way, and they they just go on. And then one day, your, your mother just say, "Hey, you know, I want to introduce you to your dad." And you're like, "Oh, well, for, for what?" You know, it's like, "Well, I think you, I think you ought to." Need to know him. I'm like, well, hey, I'm 35 years old. I mean, what? I mean, you know, and that, that for me, that kind of, that was kind of a process, you know, when she finally decided to introduce me. I, I didn't, I just, was, I didn't understand why I needed him 35 years ago. I mean, I am who I am at that point that we were introduced, and it took some, some working on me because I just didn't just jump right into it when she first mentioned it. You know, I just, it just didn't make any real sense to me, and 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 the thing about it is, is once he was made aware, and I was made aware, and he he reached out, and 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 it just went from there. I mean, we could do nothing about the previous year that we missed, but you know, he reached out, and 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 uh, we made the best of it. You know, we we did a lot of, a lot of things together, and. You know, I got to meet a lot of his friends and my brothers and sisters and and uh but he reached out and that's and that's what made it work to the extent that it did. So you can you can actually become you can start being a father at any time in your kid's life. They're always waiting on us. They're always open to it. And a lot of times, you know, even though we cause we can cause them a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and disappointment. If we try and be consistent, they'll open up. You just got to follow through. You know, you got to mean what you say to them. They got to be able to trust you. You know, they got to. They got to. And once you get that trust with them, then you know they'll always they'll always be there because they they want to know who you are. All of them do. I think about my father all the time. You know, 
and, and, and because that's just that's just who we are and what we are. You know, so if you got a kid that's five years old and has never met you before, and you can get access, you step up in there and and say, "Hey, I'm your daddy," and they they be they be ready to go. You can't do nothing about them five years that's gone by, or them ten or fifteen or twenty. In my case, thirty five. But once me and my dad got together, it was like, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was full steam ahead. You know, we did a lot. You know, he called me up and we do all kinds of stuff, just me and him. You know, and I was always ready to, ready to do something. So, you know, whenever a man wants to wake up and be a father, be a father in his child's life, that opportunity is always there. You just got to make up your mind and be committed to it. That's all we got to do. They'd be glad to hear your voice, whether you got $2 in your pocket or not. You know, mama could be talking bad about you or for you. You know, that kid still want to know you. They still want to know you, man. So we just have to be willing to Step up, and weather the storm, you know. And that's just them basically want to be able to trust you, you know. They may, there may be a little resentment there, maybe at first or whatever. I mean, in the case with me and one of my kids, you know, me and the mother, you know, we fought all the time and went through all kind of ups and downs, and breakup was real bad, and you know. But when she came to me, you know, she asked me about all that. And I told her, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I regret all that. I I regret how I acted, you know, how immature I was, you know. And, you know, she told me, she said, my mama said you used to beat her. And it wasn't the fact that I beat her mother. We used to, we used to get into it, you know, we'd fight. But, you know, but you got to stand there and take that and, and, and be able to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, that I, I reacted that way, you know. I'm still, you know, I'm, you know, I'm still your dad, I mean, you know. And I've had it both ways, you know. I've had that mother that give you all the access in the world, and then there's that mother that don't even want the child to know you exist, you know. And you can still have a relationship with with, with both of them, but you just got to get through whatever it is that they've been told and uh, and what they believe. And, and then if you, if you started from a point where, you know, it's just what the mother say, I actually think you got a better chance because you're still a, a, blank, a, a blank canvas to them that's been kind of painted for the mother, but when they reach out and grab you, then you can start to paint the canvas for what it is they're going to believe about you. And and depending on what you do, will it will confirm what their mother has said or not about you. So your mo- the mother may say, well, he was this, 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 and that. And if they're trying to get to know you, but you're doing this, 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 and that, it totally contradicts what she's saying. But it's also bringing her closer to you or the child closer to you. See, you know, so... Uh, they'll learn for themselves, uh, you know, what you're about. But if you're in the situation where 
you painted the canvas and you didn't paint a good one, and sometimes that's due to a lack of experience and life's experiences and being a father in your whole mindset at the time, then it's going to take a little bit of work to, to repaint that canvas of what you're about, you know. But they'll see it, you know, if you're sincere. So it, uh, any father that's out there could get started at any point in time with 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 anybody that they brought into the world, whether you screwed up or not, whether you got started on the right foot or not, there's always room. You just got to you just got to get that opportunity, and when they give it to you, you got to work it to your benefit. You know, and it could be just something little. Hey, you know, just email this or do hamburger place or something. Let me buy you a hamburger or something. Or, uh, you know, I just want to see you. You know, that's, that's what I tell them. Hey, I just want to see my I just want to see you. And, then, you know, that go a long way with especially them girls. You know, I just want to see you. That's all. She'll get to you. Because you're her daddy. So, that's just how I've experienced it, you know. You know, they'll call and and call you a little more, and then you got to be talking sense now. You can't be talking crazy. You got to be making sense to them because they know. They don't know. But anyway, now, Ken, this I'll... Pat... Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much um, for sharing that. You know, I was listening to you really attentively, and some of the stats that I pulled up as I was preparing for the show, it just said, like, in 2006, there were 24 million children living without their biological bodies. And one in three of those Hispanic children, two in three were African-American children, and one in four were Caucasian children. So that says a lot. There's about 24 million children in 2006 living out their biological But then, again, in 2006, the Census Bureau for 2010 said that 66% of children under six years old were afraid to use more time gave by their father. When those children were afraid, they saw differences all the way around. And that just kind of supports what she said she did with Charlotte. You know, that you had her uh, from the time she came out of the womb. You were there. You were praising her. You were building her up. And when she looked like she was going to do something different, you know, stepped in and said what she had to say and continued to not just be there for her financials is what I'm hearing, but you're there for her emotions. You're there for her. I mean, any way that she needs you to be there as dad, and she trusts you, and that's important because that's one of the major foundations in any relationship, trust. They have to be trust the people that are trying to be relationships with, no matter what kind of relationship it is. That if you can't trust that person, then you really don't open up to them, you really don't let them in, and you really don't come forward to them, but in your case, like you said, you don't know what a mom might be saying about a dad, that he can't seem to get past that barrier, 
it to that child or whatever. But in your instance where, you know, the child has like access to this child that you are, you know, with on the show today, it has made a much difference in her life and I believe in your life as well. And you also said it made a difference in your father's life, even though you didn't meet him until you were 35. But for him to see that even in his absence out of your life that you were a very good father to your child and to your children. So I think that that breaks that cycle, that breaks that generational barrier, that generational curse, uh, is wood where you didn't perpetuate what was done to you. And, you know, even in the areas where you say you had your shortcomings and your failings, you've gone back to try to mend that. You didn't make any excuses for it. You owned up to it. And you said, you know, yes, I did. I was immature, you know, but I'm here. If you want me, I'm here. And all you have to do is just let me in. So you made that effort to do that. So I think that in the light of fathers who say that I can't do this, I, I can't do that. I think it's because they really don't want to take that step of ownership. They really don't want to own up to not being there or own up to anything that they didn't do. And I think one of the, the biggest things is that we teach the state that we're in with our children because so many people have this walk walk away, and um, it's a growing crisis in America, and it's a growing crisis in the world. It's not just in America. It's universally in the world. So um, when the dads aren't around, it says that young people are more likely to drop out of school, more likely to use drugs, involved in the criminal justice system, and become young parents themselves. So one of the things, while I was preparing for this show, and having you and Tiki on the show is I wanted to go out and I wanted to see what resources were out there for, you know, men. Because I know of other men and I've listened to other men talk about the problems that they're having, getting access to their children, um, and then those who have given up. And I said, I really want this show to have an impact, uh, not just on Father's Day, but for as long as the show is out here, I want it to have an impact, and I want it to make a difference. And I most definitely want to encourage them to grow up with their fathers because it's like, you know, you've got your children saying happy Father's Day to you, but then you want to be able to turn around and say happy Father's Day to somebody. And if you never knew who that person was or that person's not a part of your life and you know who they are or they're deceased or whatever, you know, there's still this boy that's in a, a grown man. So that's when I came up on the National Fatherhood Pledge, and it's at fatherhood.gov forward slash pledge. But in addition to that, there were a lot of federal programs and resources on that website. So I really, really um, encourage you, men, children, women, whatever, whoever needs to be able to ask them, because there are grown women who don't know who their father is. Um, There are just so many resources on this website. Website, so it's not just um, geared towards men, but it's about fatherhood. Okay, so it's fatherhood.gov. And President Obama is behind this initiative because he says that he grew up without his dad, and he said that being a father is the most important job that he has. Now, he's president of the United States, 
but to him, the most important job that he has is being a father, as you stated yourself, Ken. So it says that he wanted to join with the dads from across the nation in a fatherhood pledge, and that pledge is that men would do everything that they could to care for their children and for other young people whose fathers were not around. And so I am just encouraging anyone who is tuning into this broadcast, go out, check out the fatherhood.gov site, and if you agree with it or you want to be part of it, take the fatherhood pledge, and you'll get updates and tips and resources from fatherhood organizations, other dads and other supporters of responsible fatherhood around the nation. So when I think of this, like for me, in your case, you said you were 35 when your mom told you who your father was and introduced you. Um, I didn't get that either. So I basically grew up without my biological father. And I personally found him, and when I found him, I was 28. Okay. And so that was a short-lived uh, relationship because he was gone um, a little bit after that. But our relationship did not work out even before he died. And that was really something that, you know, I, I look back on and I think, you know, I wish that that could have been different. I wish that maybe you know, he was still here, that we had an opportunity to try it again or whatever. But I, I just um, think about that and, and I think about the difference a man makes in a young in, in a young girl's life, and makes in any child's life, but particularly with their daughters. It is the most profound relationship that a young girl will ever have because it sets the standard for how she's going to go on in life, how she's going to be able to articulate, how she's going to be able to interact with other men, with other women. It, it, it sets a very, very high standard in her if she knows that, my father sees me as valuable. My father sees me as worthy to be praised. My father sees me as someone who has a future and a hope. And I don't want to disappoint my dad. I, I want him to be proud of me. I want, you know, because it makes a huge difference. And you're not just throwing money at her. You're giving her time. You're giving her emotions and you're giving her that foundation and that relationship. And so many people think that just because you're paying child support, that that's all you have to do. You know, I mean, it, if you don't have two pennies to rub together and you haven't been able to find a job just being there, taking the time to be a dad, taking the time to be a dad, I mean, it doesn't cost you anything to walk in the park. It doesn't cost you anything to go to the zoo with them. It doesn't cost you anything to take a breath of fresh air, take them for a ride or take them for a walk or um, go for a jog or a bicycle ride, it, does, it doesn't cost you anything to do that. And if you don't have a bike, okay, well, borrow somebody's bike, you know, borrow a couple of bikes, mm-hmm. whatever, but find creative ways to be in your child's life. So it's not all, I mean, you know, maybe for the the mothers of the, of the, the kids, you know, yeah, they, you know, do make financial demands and stuff like that, but that child really just wants you really want you, yes, they have material needs, yes, they have other needs, but emotionally having you there. They, they would forgive you a whole lot of things. Like, you know, oh, Daddy, don't worry about that. If you don't have it, don't worry about it. You know, I'm just glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're a part of my life. And I think that um, that's one of the reasons why you know, I really wanted 
you to have the opportunity to talk about being a father and to talk to other fathers out here because I see the difference of your daughter having had you in her life. And I, I just believe that she's going to go far and that she's going to do really, really great things. And I hope and pray that these are things that she'll be able to share with you, moments, more moments, more memories, um, you know, that you see her walk her free and see her hang her shingle and have her first patient. Maybe it'll be you. Who knows? <laughs> For the most part. I mean, those are those are things to be anticipated. Those are things to be looked forward to. And to walk her down the aisle, whatever, you know, to be there when uh, she has her children and, and all of that. I mean, those are, are just monumental moments in a child's life and, and especially in a girl's life that I think are so key, are so key to her development, to her personality, to the things that she aspires to and, and all of that. And just to know that at least out of those 24 million children who didn't know their biological father, didn't live with them, you were not one of those kids. You know, so I applaud you for not being one of those kids, okay? So um, when they know that you love them and that you're involved, they're going to do well in school, going to have a very good, you know, healthy self-esteem. They're going to be empathetic and, you know, socially involved. And I see all these things in your daughter. You know, she's not truant. She's not, you know, involved in some activities. She's not being truant. You know, she's being a good citizen. Uh, she's empathetic to others around her. And she knows who she is, and she has a clear direction about what she wants to do. So I, you know, again, want to applaud you. And, Kiki, um, I know you're there, and we're going to get to you. But you know what I want you to do is that there is another song, if you don't mind, that I want to say coming from you. Okay. And I think when you hear the song, I think that it will speak for you. I'm sure you've already you know, loaded love and, and all this on your dad and everything like that. But I think when you hear this song, I think that it will really add to what you've already done with your dad today, okay? And the song is called Thank You.
saying uh, you appreciate all that I do for you. You know, how often does a father, you know, walk into the kitchen and see a sticky note on the icebox, his kid just saying, you know, thanks for all you do, Dad. You know, that's just wonderful, you know. And uh, in addition to that, you know, uh, you know, I appreciate you putting in the extra hard work to get those grades up. And, and I know that some of that has something to do with, you know, you just, you know, wanting to make your dad happy too, you know. I, mean, I know some of it's what you want, but some of that's, you know, hey, you know, you, you know that, that you know, I, I have uh, certain expectations and I think you try to meet them. And that's a good thing, you know. I remember when we were, you know, we were at the Kroger's, uh, I think it was probably a few weeks ago, and, and the, we we were actually in there picking up some product for a uh, class assignment that you had, and we ran into your uh, chemistry teacher, and you introduced me to her, and um and, and and just what she had to say, you know, uh, you know, she she was, you know, saying that you were one of our best students, and and you, you listened, and you know, you you, you 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 did all your assignments. I mean, there was, you know, I could see, I could, I see it in the grades, but you know, it's more like I was hearing it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. You know, just and her listening to her just give you all that all that uh, credit and praise for your hard work. I mean, that that really, really went a long, long way with me, you know, because I, I work a lot, and to be honest, I don't get up to your school as much as I would like to, but, uh, you, you know, I, 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 I really, really uh, have been happy to, to, to be able to trust that you're doing the right thing at school and, and that you're making good decisions at school, and just her saying what she had to say just put it all in perspective for me that you know I'm, I'm counting on you, and you you you've been coming through, you know, because you know your daddy worked a lot, you know, and I know that there's not an excuse for not coming up to the school as much as I should, but it's the truth, you know. I gotta you know make a living, but that was just a really really uh, good thing for me to you know hear from your chemistry teacher and you know and that's not even the teacher that recommended you to go to this you know for for this uh, you know uh, uh, this 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 uh, mentorship that you'll be attending up in Washington uh, with the uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner you know and that's that's another teacher so. And then to hear it from a chemist teacher, I mean, it was just like, I mean, I'm in, I have such admiration for you, you know, and your hard work and stuff. So it's mutual, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're my, my, my daughter. I'm happy that you are. I, I'm proud of all that you do. And I think it works for both of us. We both have, uh, you know, expectations and we both, come through and follow through for each other. And I think that's what, you know, keeps us moving in the right direction, you know. You do you do your part and I do mine. And 
in the end, we both are really happy, I think. You know, that's why we, you know, that's why we, uh, we have the closeness that we have because there's a lot of trust there, you know, and there's a lot of expectations there. And, you know, and I think that's so important, you know, for us. So I'm glad to be your dad, you know. You know, for those of you who are in the listening audience later, I hope that we can switch anything that you can find television to and it's not helping her so much for but it's kind of like lightening the load on her. That she, that she's going to help her or not. But wouldn't it be nice to know that when you hear her name, in medical journals, you see her name on a placard at a local hospital, something like that, that you were a part of that. So I just want to see you go to Kikitong, K-I-K-I-T-H-O-E dot com and donate your money. Follow the links that are out there because they teach some flyers that if you don't have the money, welcome to time. Go to the link and download the campaign documents and share them with the people that you know who have money who have something that they can give of a monetary value to her. Your time is money. Your money is precious, and you know that. But I want to take action. I want you to take the initiative to go out to Kiki Thomas, K-I-K-I, Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, dot eventbrite, dot com, and T-N-T-R-I-T-E, dot com. Vision for self and Click that button to make some decisions that you are lightening the load on this young woman as she moves her future as a surgeon. And the documents are embedded in that website as well. There's a link that will take you to download flyers that are put together for her. And you can send to the distribution list and they can contact that site or you can send that link directly to them and they can come out and make contributions and again. Over the lifespan of the medical career, some of you are doctors already and you know that it takes about a half a million dollars to complete that education and I am hoping that she will not have to take out um and I'm that at some point, somebody out there listening, uh, because we have so many influential people who come out and listen to the radio broadcast, and I just know that in your influence that you know somebody who knows somebody knows somebody. The vehicle is very good, reliable vehicle that you can just donate or she doesn't have to pay 
anything but the tax title and license, then you can pick up the tax title and license on it if you want. Um, that would be even better. But so many times when you make part contributions and donations to organizations, you know it's going to an organization and you never see the face of uh, the person or the children who actually impact just know that the school got what they needed, they converted that car into cash and it went towards the general uh, operational of uh, that car. But to see this on the an individual level, that you can make a difference on an individual level. It's a whole nother thing. It gives you so much reward and so much pride to know that those people are looking for a reliable vehicle model. Um, those of you who are in a position to make their brand new property, gladly accept you. Um, so you can reach out to me at donate at patriciaadamslive.com, okay, or if donated too long, you can go kiki at patriciaadamslive.com. That information will be passed on to her and her father, and they will be in touch with you, okay. But we will be uh, betting out the things that are not appropriate, so I ask you to keep this in mind. Don't do anything inappropriate that you not want done. Your child, those are of a sound mind and are important. Okay, so basically, um, with that in mind, again, the donations of the time or the money are greatly appreciated, and I hope that you envision the difference that you make in this young woman's life, that she makes a difference in the lives of other people who need medical attention. You know, uh, I, I believe that she's one to make impact in the medical community. And if the future doctor organization did not believe that she would not have been nominated, she would not have selected to probably represent her state in the high school. So she believes in herself. Her father believes in her. Her teachers believe in her. Her mom believes in her. She has a whole lot of people around her her, her community. Our volunteer organizations believe in her. Hope that you join and do what doing all that we can and hope that you come alongside of her and us and help us get her to that point. And again, with that in mind, um, those who have police get contact, um, we're looking for um, scholarships that are grant writers, who are special fundraisers, and want to put together. Um, some information for us on how to invite a proposal to foundations or to local uh, organizations or to banks or to businesses on how we can generate um, opportunities for her to win scholarships, then that is also accepted. So we value your time and we realize that time is money. So don't have to bring back we accept your time. Okay. So do what you can to make a difference. Okay. Do what you can. Ms. Thomas, are you there? Hello? Who? Hi. Yes, I'm, I'm here. Okay. 
So um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, again, um, what else would you like to share with the audience? Uh, um, it doesn't have to be about I, daddy. He's given daddy a lot of time. <laughs> That not have to be about my my dad, huh? No, it don't have I to just, be about daddy. It could be about Kiki, uh, from Kiki, daddy. Can we get Kiki to say something else? If she has something else she wants to share. Um. Uh, no. I'm okay. <laughs> do you have anything else you want to say, Well, I, I think that Kimara and I, we, you know, we enjoy, you know, uh, we we enjoy new experiences together, you know. Like sometimes we get the opportunity to travel. I mean, you know, from the time she was, I think, I think she was probably eight or nine. We we went to visit the birth home of Dr. King in in Atlanta, and we did the tour of the, of the birth home, and we visited the church, uh, Ebenezer, and um, also did the uh, you know the trip through Birmingham and witnessed the the church where the four little girls were killed in the basement of the 16th Street Baptist Church. And the park that the, the kids organized in, you know, just to get, you know, so you get get some sense of 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 of, of our history uh, by going to visit those places. And uh, uh, I think, yeah, we we enjoy those those types of uh, adventures too. Uh, you know, we did. You know, we did. We did. We've had quite a few road trips over the years, which were fun. Um, uh, we did. Uh, what else did we do, honey? We went to New York a few years ago. We went to what? Graceland. Yeah, we went to Graceland too. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we visited Elvis's birth home back in, back. Uh, we did. We, we did that one a long time ago. You know, she was probably about eight, eight years old when we did that one, eight or nine. I can't remember that. <laughs> and uh, that was a lot of fun. You know, I, it was different. You know, I'm, I, I didn't grow up liking Elvis, but you know, when you're in Memphis, you know, that's that's part of what you do. You know, she was too young to go down on Bill Street, so mm. <laughs> had to do other. We had to do other things, so. But uh, that was always a lot of fun. And uh, a couple of years ago, where did we go, honey? New York. Yeah, we went to we went to New York for a few days, and you know that was fun. Um, you know that whole New York experience for her, I think, was. A lot of fun, you know. We took, you know, instead of, you know, uh, you know, taking the, we took we took public transportation into the city. We took the bus from the airport, and she got a chance to see and experience and feel New York City. So, you know, uh, she was old enough, I think, to really absorb it more so than some of the other trips we'd taken when she was younger. She remembered them, but. 
I think that she really got to absorb the experience of the city and that whole that whole thing. So she loves to travel. We like we like to travel. So this upcoming trip to DC will be for a different reason and but it will also be in, in sync with what we normally do, which is try to go somewhere and and add to that daughter father relationship, you know, it's just another another way for us to grow together, you know, because at some point we'll look back over the years and and we'll 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 be talking about the places we've been just like we are now. <clears throat> but uh, DC, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a whole different experience for a whole different reason, you know. Not only will we get to vacation a little bit, but we'll get to um, Watch her grow, grow, and, and get to another level, and uh, that's what I'm really excited about too. You know, so that's kind of that's kind of where we are in real time. I mean, she's she's getting you know getting exposed to work now, which I'm really proud of. You know, this was her first full week. Of working, you know, couple, of, you know, couple of two or three hours a day, you know, and uh, she's earning a little bit of money to try to save, you know, for different things that she's gonna need for school. And uh, like I say, it's a never-ending process, you know, those first times, and uh, and 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 help and helping to facilitate. You know, as much as you can, you know, those different experiences that she's having and, and knowing that she can look and see you there in, in, in that process, <clears throat> you know, because she, you know, whether, whether it's a father or man, women, women, you know, they they kind of look to a little bit of leadership from us. And, uh, and I think that... Uh, she really appreciates that, and uh, you know we got a lot of. Hopefully, we have a lot more first, you know, to do in the future. You know, to go to that, you know, go look at, you know, colleges, and you know, even when we're in D.C., we'll probably go do Howard, you know, because you know Washington is just full of, full of you know universities. You got American up there. You got Howard, you got uh, Georgetown, you know, and there's probably four or five major uni- four or five major universities within the city of Washington D.C. Do me a favor, Mr. Thomas. Do me a favor when you go to Georgetown. Uh, there are libraries. If, if you get a chance, mm-hmm. go to the library. I mm-hmm. love their life. I've only seen pictures of it, but it would make me so happy if you guys would take some pictures inside the library. It is just that I, I have a thing about libraries. I love books. But this library Uh-oh. is so happy. So okay. A live picture that I can just have at the moment. It's so grateful. So, so you want a live? You want a picture of the library, huh? Yeah, I want a picture of the library. 
Yeah. I mean, I have a picture of it that is something that I found on the Internet. I haven't physically gone there. It's something that I want to do. But I just mm-hmm. love that library. I picture myself going in there and just immersing myself studying that library. It is just fabulous, absolutely fabulous. So, <coughs> I love that library. And we we can definitely try to put that on the agenda. We'll we'll have we'll see how much time we'll have, but uh, mm-hmm. it should be pretty easy to get to. Uh, you know, because DC is it's not it's not a really big place. You know, because it, it's the seat of seat of the government. You know, uh, so it's not very big, uh, and everything was really just a train stop away. <clears throat> you can get to all the most of the major universities is right off of a train stop. You know, the, the metro is the uh, is the subway transportation there, and that should it should it should be really easy to get to. And uh, um, you know, of course, the White House and maybe. Uh, Maybe we can get Miss Pat to make a call, and we can maybe get a tour of the White House. Or... Oh, that would maybe. be nice. President Obama, did you hear that? Did you hear that, President maybe. Obama? I'm support- I am supportive of the National Fatherhood Initiative. Okay, I'm supporting the initiative. So, you know, can we get some entrees to the White House? Yeah, get us a tour of the nation's capital, or something to that effect. Yay. But, uh, that would be nice. That would be nice. So we put it out there. So we we ask. Yeah, I'm not sure we ask much, but we ask. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, some, yeah. Some, someone someone may be able to pick up the phone and and uh, exactly. and, and they you know and get in touch with their you know, state representative or something and, or a congressman. Five you know they, five they they they, they usually can get stuff like that. <laughs> but um, you know, maybe we can get that tour, yeah. and yeah, maybe maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a matter of letting the president know what she the reason she's coming up there. You know, he might exactly. <clears throat> exactly. You never know. Do you know he's been out on this platform, President Obama has? He has been out on this no. platform. He has not been on Patricia Adams Live, but. If you're listening, President Obama, I would welcome an opportunity to have you on the show. Trisha Adams Live, for sure. Um, the and you too, First Lady Michelle Obama. So, um, you know, there's a definition of being fatherless that I found while I was doing research, and it says that being fatherless destitute of a living father, as a fatherless child. You know, and. I thought about that, and when I was tweeting, I kind of tweeted that quote out. And I just, you know, don't really see how if you hear this radio broadcast and you hear this definition of what it is to be father, it is destitute of a living father that makes you a fatherless child. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, that, you know, it's not it's not your deceased father. It's your you are a living dad and you have no participation in your living child's life. 
steps, basically, makes them possible. And that was that was pretty, you know, that was a pretty heavy definition. I'm just going to share that. And then there's another book I don't know if I'm pronouncing it, but it's French, and his name is Louise de Vernier. And he says, in reality, the world is as full of bad mothers as it is of bad fathers. And it is not the motherless children who become delinquent, but the fathers. And when I read that quote, I thought about the statistics on men in prison. And over 50% of the men who are incarcerated don't know who their father is. Never met their father. Never had any interaction with their father, but they definitely, some of the, you know, obviously had interactions with their mom. But Mm-hmm. On Father's Day, um, they say, like, you know, in prison, that prison makes sure that there are cards for the prisoners on Mother's Day sent to their mom and cards for them to send to their fathers on Father's Day. And they say that it's just a trickle of men who have cards that they send out to their fathers because they don't know their fathers or they have no relationship with the father or they just don't know. But they have bulk loads of cards that go out on Mother's Day. So when I read that quote, it kind of supported what I had read about the men who are incarcerated. It's not, they're, they're not motherless, per se, but they are fatherless. They've had no father figures, male role models um, in their lives. So... I can see that as a problem. And so for me, I am always the person who says, okay, well, that's a problem. That's a problem. So the God, I always turn to God. You know, my default personality is turn to God. And I remember the first time that I was really, really just down in the dumps myself about my parent situation, my mom and my father's situation. And it wasn't until I read um, Physical Scripture that was Psalm 7 that my heart was at peace. It, it, would, it wasn't like I was okay with where everything was in my life in regards to my not having my mom or my dad in my life. But I basically found comfort, if, would, if, if that makes sense. I found comfort. In this scripture, and it was basically from Psalm 27, it says that when your mother and your father kiss, then the Lord will take up the cause. And it was like, at that moment, I felt like I had a hero. I, I felt like, okay, he knows that I don't have my mom or my dad uh, in my life. So since I don't, then he's going to make up that difference in my life. And I had to. I had to learn how to be a mother um, when I was carrying my son. And I just remember when, as a little girl when I was seven, I said that I never wanted to treat a child the way that I had been treated. I, I never wanted to bring a child into the world and not be prepared to love them, care for them. And I, that was it. At the age of seven, I was just sitting and I was just thinking about it. It's like, you know, why did you even bother if you weren't going to? I'm going to love and be here to protect me and keep me safe. Um, but it was like when I read that scripture, it was like, okay, 
now. I can make it through this. I can I can get over this. I I can come through this and I'm gonna be okay. And all I could remember was that I like you talked about putting your hand on um Kiki's mom's stomach when she was carrying her. I did that when I was pregnant with my child and I would literally play with them and I would beat to them and I would talk to them and it was like when my child came out and I already had the name and everything and I called their name while they were still with the doctor and when they laid my baby on my chest and I started talking and I started calling their name, their eyes just opened and it was like, you know, that instant bond, that instant connection that I knew that I was going to be okay as a mom. I knew that I didn't know um the things that I thought I needed to know at that time, but I just had a peace in me that God was going to teach me how to be calm. And, and, and all the things that had been done to me, I wasn't going to pass on to my child. And that somehow or another, and I will never forget the doctor, he made a comment to me because I made a request of him that night, and he said, well, you're too young to make this kind of request. And I said, here's the deal. You know, I've got one that I know in my hands. And I'm not sure how I'm going to take care of this baby. I, I don't know how I'm going to feed this baby. I don't know how I'm going to raise this baby. But all I know is that I'm going to do all that I possibly can do to make this happen. And so I, I made a decision at that point that I had to be responsible. I had to step up because at that point, um, the biological father wasn't really committed to stepping up. And I just... I said, you know, I'm going to have to make a decision here. I didn't want to be a single parent, but here I was. I'm, I'm in the in the throes of becoming a single parent, and all I can do is do the best that I can do for all the sacrifices that didn't get made for me. I wanted to make them freely without regret for my own child, and I wanted to make sure that my own child had every opportunity that I didn't have. And so whatever I had to do, whatever sacrifices that I had to make, I just I made those sacrifices, you know. It's like I was just all in, like you are with with your daughter. I mean, I was just all in. I was committed, and I'm like, I'm going to see this through. No matter what I have to do, I'm going to see this through because I know that if I do all the things that need to be done to make sure that this baby grows up and becomes a productive citizen and not a statistic, then it will pay off in the end. And I've seen that same payoff and that same reward that you see with your daughter because you made that investment, you made that time, you made that effort, and whatever barriers you had to overcome, you overcame those barriers. And and I'm saying to you fathers out there who are using the excuse of I'm paying child support and so I don't have to do anything else, it's not about the child support. That child needs you. If you are of a sound mind and you are physically able and you are emotionally of a sound mind and are able to contribute to the children or the child that you have brought into this world, then do that. Take the time to be their father. Take the time to be their dad. Do whatever it is that you can do. Don't not try. Even if you meet with roadblocks, let that child see you trying because it would have made such a difference in my life to have seen my mother or my father trying to get to me, trying, because I would have these 
grand ideas that one day, you know, the place that I was at, I was in, in hell and, you know, being mistreated so badly. And I would just sit on the back porch and I said, you know, one day my mom and my dad, they're going to come and they're going to come for me. They're going to come and hit me and they're going to beat up these mean people and they're just going to take me away. And for some reason or another, I just had this image of my mom and my dad riding in on a horse and my dad on a white horse and he just swept me up and just took me away. Now, that's the vision that I had. That's not how it happened. You know, when I did have the opportunity to locate and find and whatever, that's that's not how my story went. But those were my desires in in my life. And men, step it up. Just just step it up. You know, put away the excuses. You know, the baby mama drama. Uh, step it up. Just just step it up. I'm not saying go out and break the law. I'm not saying commit a crime or whatever. If you know. If you can send an email, you know, and have an email address, if you know a physical address, you can write a letter, you can send a card, you can send a gift card, anything. I mean, do something. Even if the mom blocks the kid from getting the card or whatever, that kid's going to know that you tried. That, that, that counts for more than anything. And at some point or another, they're going to be adults, and they will come looking to you just as Ken said about one of his children. She came looking him, and he had to deal with what she said because of what her mom had told her, and he owned up to that. Well, you have to just, you know, I hate to use that cliche, like, man up. You know, if you know you were wrong and you did wrong, own it, man up to it, and children are so easy to forgive. They they want to forgive you. They want to love you. They want you to love them. They want you in their lives. I mean, if you can't afford to give them anything but a happy meal, they would probably hold on to that box forever because it came from my dad. It doesn't take much. It, it just doesn't take much, but it does take you taking time and making an initiative to do something for yourself because at some point or another, you're going to be an old man and you're going to meet somebody. <laughs> and you're going to have all these children out here in the world that you've never connected with, and I hope and pray that someday they will step up and be there for you, even though you weren't there for them. But in the event that that doesn't happen, somebody's going to have to come and take care of you, and that could very well be Dr. Kiki Thomas. So if you aren't doing right by your kids, here's an opportunity for you to make an investment in this young girl's life because she is going to be a surgeon at one point or another, you may have to be under her care as a patient. So please see yourself being a part of this initiative to help get this young girl from point A to point B without carrying the burden of financial hardship of um, pursuing a half-million-dollar career in medicine. That's kikitomas.eventbrite.com, K-I-K-I. Commons.eventbrite.com. We want to thank you for being a part of the show, Ken and Kiki. And we are exactly at one minute on the broadcast. We are about to wrap up the show. So I want to thank you again for being a part of the show. And I hope that you guys will listen and share this with other individuals. You know, download the file or just send a link to anybody that you want to send it to. Post it on Facebook. And um, let's see if we can get some people to take some action, okay? Thank you so much, and God bless. My book, A Child's Rights Violated, Her Terrorism Promise, 
shares my voice to my childhood difficulties. And my other books share my voice of response to my childhood difficulties. Find links in the show notes or go to patriciaadamslive.com to be taken to online retailers. If you are in distress currently and need immediate help, call 911. And you can also reach out to the National Hotline for Child Abuse at 1-800-4-CHILD. 24-7 crisis counselors are available. As we close the show, remember, temporary difficulties end and your response to them determine how you live life after your difficulties. So respond well and live. Tweet about the show on Twitter at Pat Adams Live and comment to our Facebook page at the bottom of the show page. Follow us on the show page to receive notices of the next airing. If you have questions, comments, want to be a guest, topic requests, let me know. Fill out the contact form on PatriciaAdamsLive.com. Thanks for listening. That's the show. Until next time, take care and watch for more from the Patricia Adams Live show. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.